Welcome back to another edition of All Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo! Football 512 Friday edition of All Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. That's all right. The madness is still going on, so we'll get you uh, up to date with everything happening in the tournament. Also, we're off a little bit early, so we ain't got a lot of time, but we got a lot to get into it. So we'll get to it, right to it. Oh, we'll talk about the Cowboys. Cowboys right now rumored, reportedly, to be talking about making some moves to add what the uh, term is juice to the offense, whatever that means. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Also talk about the Longhorns with the big win over Colgate. Also talk about the Longhorns and their next opponents, the Penn State. How about that? Penn State Nittany Lions. We'll get into that first time they've ever met up on the basketball court. We'll talk about that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hallborn Harch. What's going on, brother? Man, oh man, oh man. The brackets just continue to get busted, but you know what? You still got a chance. Unless you have Arizona going to the Final Four like your boy did, Mm, mm, that mm. is a problem. Mm, mm, But mm. I'm not out of it. I'm not out of it yet. I just need a few things to work out. Keep hope alive. Keep hope (laughs) alive. And you're right. You said we were out early today for Texas baseball. I will be on the call tonight with Roger Wallace. So I am looking forward to the University of Texas taking on the University of New Orleans. Shout out. They call them Uno, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> U-N-O. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Famer, Longhorn legend, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you. The listeners, he is my man and yours, Rod Babels. Thanks for the intro, as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know he's underpaid. Also, he's the owner of Lou, the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. So shout out to Lou. That's how we know we got good mojo in the building. Patrick Davis, what's going on, Patrick? You know what? It is. Uh, it's Friday. That's a good thing. It's <laughs> a great thing. Everybody's got. Uh, do do I? I don't have a little green on, but I see you guys have a little green oh, on. I got green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the day's Patrick's day. Saint, Saint Patrick's day. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's Patrick's. The day. amount of free drinks I've gotten on this day by just being named Patrick. Uh, yes, uh, holiday edition of and not, and not today. I mean, in the past days. I don't want to say. Still, hey, show up to work drunk. No, no, <laughs> fade hey. it, fade it. Yo, it's the, hey, man, you know what? You got to celebrate it. Uh, right. Saint Patty's Day. So happy Saint Patty's Day to everybody out there. Also, happy March Madness to everybody out there. It's a, a dual celebration. Um, so you got plenty of reason to celebrate. And of course, it's Friday, so everybody should be in a great mood on a Friday. Uh, Longhorn basketball fans are certainly in a damn good mood. They got to be feeling great about their team mm-hmm. and about. That performance, uh, gentlemen, that's exactly what you wanted to see from Texas. They pretty much had command of the game for 36 of the no, 35, 34 of the of the yeah. 40 minutes. I would say something like that. And early on, there was a it wasn't a slow start. They just did not come out with that uh, intensity. Uh, we no, thought we they were kind of overwhelmed them early. Remember Co- Coach Terry talked about the first four minutes? Mm-hmm. Well, nah, they really didn't dominate the first four minutes. They dominated the rest of the 
36, you know, minutes there of the game, <laughs> pretty much. Yep. And it was Sergio Barry Rice. I mean, he had one of the greatest performances that we've ever seen from a Texas basketball player in the tournament. Period. We I mean, call that epic. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know I'm not, yeah, not trying to, you know, exaggerate it, but I mean, that's just how great it was. You're talking about seven three pointers, uh, and those seven May three pointers that did tie, tie, I believe it was a, a record for the program for most May three pointers in the tournament for any player. Uh, Serge Barry Rice ended up with 23 points. Uh, Texas also made 13 three pointers as a team. They shot 56 percent, actually over 56 percent, damn near 57 yep. percent from three-point range. Uh, gentlemen, that, I mean, Marcus Carr also contributed 17 points. Dylan DeSue did his thing down low. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was exactly the type of performance you wanted to see from Texas. They played to a standard most of that game and not – uh, to their opponent. And Colgate, by the way, no disrespect to them, they're, they're a damn good opponent, too. Absolutely. I mean, they made the tournament. Uh, but Texas, they really did play like a team that's trying to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, and they looked together. And that they was that, con- that what, do we, what do we like to say, connectivity? They had that mm-hmm. connectivity. Um, I, I was talking to a former uh, player for the University of Texas today and just trying to get his thoughts on what he's seen and what he's been seeing on this team. And he basically told me, he was like, this is probably the best that I've seen this this group of guys playing as a group where everybody is understanding. It's kind of like what we talked about with Rodney Terry. Rodney Terry giving everybody that that link and saying you have to do your part to make sure that this link stays together. And even if somebody gets off slow, and we've seen it happen at multiple times, and we'll get into Marcus Carr a little bit later. But when you look at this team, it looks like they are having fun playing basketball. And you know when you start seeing a team play well and play like they're having fun, it's a totally different ball game. Nobody looks like they're pressing. And can we give flowers to Dylan DeSue for the whole month of March? I mean, this guy has shown up the entire month of March and probably played his best basketball that he's played since he's been at this university. I mean, he's doing everything from defense, from rebounding, knocking down open shots, and he's got that little jump hook down to a science right now. It looks like a little shot put. I know, push shot. Putting it little push shot. Yeah. yeah. Patrick calls the push shot. Yeah, he's in there doing his thing. But <laughs> Tyrese Hunter, you know, you sit back and we've been talking about him a lot this year. But if he still averaged 10 points this season. He still averaged 10 points a game this year. So I'm, I'm cool with that. He just didn't have it in the big spurts that we thought we were going to see him in. But I think everybody understands their role on this team, and nobody seems to be upset. Like, Serge Ibari was on fire, and they kept finding him. They kept getting him the ball. And that's when you know that a team understands what's going on, and they're pulling for each other and not against each other. Yeah, the defense really set the tone for Texas. Uh, We talked about what the game plan would be. Uh, Patrick, you brought up they were going to go one-on-one straight up, uh, down low. That's exactly what they did. They figured, hey, man, we got to be able to win that battle down Mm -hmm. low because we're going to smother the perimeter. Uh, And exactly what they did. Colgate only made three three three-pointers. That tied a season low for them. Yeah, and you never let them get flowing because they got some threes where they did help off or a guy just missed his assignment or whatever it was. There was a couple of plays. Like there was one where Timmy Allen got way too far off a three-point shooter. There's one where Brock Cunningham was just in a weird place and a guy gets wide open. But you never really let them get two or three shots and get the feel for the building because every time it's like you're 10 minutes in between a three-point shot or an open one. So you never let them get that flow of getting a shot up and the next possession, get another one up and hitting it. 
and uh-oh, now that guy's hot, and now he can mm-hmm. go and try and do what Jabari Rice did, which Jabari Rice was, hey, he just hit the first one, and then he just knew the same play, and they've done it all year, which is he, they run a screen on a guy, and if he goes under, he'll shoot it, and if he goes over, he drives it. And he knows on that screen, he's like, I can either beat you driving to the basket or I can hit the shot. And it's it's been a very effective play all season. And once he started hitting, they just ran that play over and over yep. again. And I don't know where at what point the coach wanted to call over Colgate and be like, go over the top. <laughs> like, stop going around the screen. Yeah. I know it's going to hurt. Like, I know it's not how we normally play. We've probably all season gone underneath screens. But – uh this guy is killing us right now. Because right. I guarantee you, there was no way they thought that Texas was going to shoot that good from three at any point in that game. Did any of us? No. <laughs> That's because I'm saying, because you look, if you look at the numbers, especially down the stretch, you're like, the legs aren't there as much. Yep. Your three point numbers are kind of going down. They're a good three point shooting team, but not that good. You don't expect to get just blown out of the building. Well, you're dominating inside, too. Yep. Like they were playing, their big men were playing good basketball inside. And when Texas wasn't given help, they were able to just take their sweet time backing anybody down. Yeah. But uh, Texas will take that all day, every day. Yeah, because that's, especially when you're hitting threes on the other end, because yeah, exactly. you're still extending the lead. Because <laughs> that's, that's exactly what they Pixie took, they basically took Colgate's identity away. Their yeah. identity yeah. was they want to be a team that can hurt you from the perimeter, best three point shooting team uh, in the country, and they've been top three in the last three years. Texas said, you know what, we're going to take that away. If you beat us down low, uh, that's, that's great. And I'm with you. I don't know if they. They thought they'd be fifty-seven percent from three-point. Have they Nobody. have they been hotter from three-point range in a game? In like no, a, and like a, only a one conference, be, a conference game. Well, no, or, and, and there's two parts to that. One, no one game. else, no one conference else is game leaving better. them that open that many times. Yeah, like no one in conference plays that level of defense. The Big Twelve, everyone plays defense. So they have not shot. So, they've not been that hot Gonzaga, since Big Gonzaga, Twelve plays started. No, not since Big Twelve, but Gonzaga yeah. game. They hit 13 threes yeah. as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there, there's no way in the Big 12 that, that they've oh, been no. able to. No, have, but, be but that I'll also put this as we saw is they did run the ball enough. They did spread the, that we saw at the end of the game. There was two things that happened. One, Colgate was just dead tired by the end of that game, which allowed Texas to put it away in fashion. But this other part is we've seen this in a few games a season and multiple games that sometimes they're having the laps, but we've known, especially in the tournament. Texas has had a hard time closing out games and big games a lot of times. And it's just been a problem through, you know, through Shaka, through Rick Barnes. It has been a problem for a while through Chris Beard. Everybody had problems of getting this team to close out. This is the team because they're an older team and because I, whatever Rodney Terry's doing, I think this team is one of the better closeout teams that I've seen in Texas basketball in many years. And to see how they close out that game, that was never really in doubt. They were never worried where it never got down to three points, two points. Oh, my God, Colgate may take the lead. Yep. But you did get to a point where, okay, we could be shooting free throws at the end of this game. It could get down to single digits, and Colgate's going to start fouling. You're going to have to hit free throws. Texas didn't, didn't let it get to that point. They played really good defense down the stretch and then hit some shots and pulled it out to the 20-point lead. Yeah, there were a couple of runs by Colgate, but Texas would answer every time they had one of those runs yeah. to bring you within single digits. And they did that a couple of times. They bring it within nine. Um, I think one time they brought it like within uh, seven at one time, and Texas yeah. would just answer. And they would answer big. I'm talking about either with yeah. a big-time three-point shot yeah. or Dylan DeSue down low kind of uh, with a kind of a dunk. You'd see, you'd see that Rodney Terry timeout. 
<laughs> the, yeah. the Rodney the, Terry chew out, yeah. and then back and, on the court, and you're like, all right, yeah, pick up the intensity again. And, and give yep. Christian Bishop some credit, too. I mean, he had eight points, five rebounds in in, uh, in the minutes that he played. I just thought overall, uh, as you mentioned, Harge, everybody really did shine in their role. They didn't even need Timmy Allen uh, you know, coming back, Timmy Allen did start, but they didn't need Timmy Allen to have a great, great game, and they didn't. They didn't need Timmy Tourniquet no uh, at all because uh, they ha- he, he had what four points, I believe, something like four that? points, five assists though. Yeah, he did. He but did get involved. some good assists. So um, he was. Did, yeah, he was in uh, Christian Bishop. I love that play when he was going against Woodward, and Woodward's been backing down everybody, and Bishop goes to back him down, and Woodward just is a cement block yeah. and so Christian Bishop can't move Timmy Allen makes a great cut Bishop finds him and they still get a layup off of it and you're like that's that's good smart play as a team is Timmy Allen saw what was happening realized the position it was like oh I can get behind that and just went down and got it, it was just a really heads up play by Timmy Allen there yeah, I know. They, uh, they, I mean, they really played as a team really, really well. Uh, the one thing I guess you would criticize, Chan on the Specs text line brings it up, 512-337-3776. They did have a lot of turnovers, ended up having 13 turnovers. Um, and even though Marcus Carr had five turnovers, he still ended up, Really high in the plus minus. It's weird. Yeah, which is very weird. It was strange. Especially I think he was like plus twenty four or something. Like that it was strange. Yeah, uh, he was in. He was in. Yeah, he was plus twenty four. Yeah, Tyrese that, Hunter was plus twenty. Dylan DeSue was plus twenty. The only Dylan person DeSue's that was ne- was negative was Arterio Morris, and he was negative two. So, I mean, Texas overall, this was probably one of their best games. We've been talking about this for a while. We saw what they did in the uh, Big 12 championship game, the entire tournament. Actually, they played together basketball, played intense basketball, played smart basketball. But I am with you, Chan, when when I'm looking at him, and again, he got back to this point where he was dribble, 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 and everybody was standing there like, I'm open, give me the ball, give me the ball. And then at the end of the game, they were just like, all right, we're just going to pass it over here, and we're just going to dribble the ball for a little bit because Marcus, even though you you can tell, I mean, he's a very experienced player and he loves to play with the ball in his hand, there was one play where he had turned the ball over, they came back down, he got it back, he turned it over again, and the ball was away from him, and I saw him put his head down for a second, and he had to, like, totally regroup, and I was going to take a screenshot of it and send it to y'all, but I was just kind of – I was dialed into the game because I like to watch away from the basketball and how people are reacting. So he put his head down, but then he went over and got a steal right after that. So it was one of those things where he understood, too, man, I'm turning this ball over. I got to have better control of it. But that's the beauty of this team. You got a Tyrese Hunter. You got a Serge Jabari Rice. It doesn't always have to be Marcus Carr. And I think that's where Marcus needs to get back into his mindset of, I understand that they expect a lot from me. But I don't have to do everything because everybody is eating at this time. Yeah, Sergio Barry Rice's performance, though. Uh, yeah, I mean that was that, that was uh, extraordinary uh, to say the least. He yeah. ended up so it's his uh, basically thirteenth game off the bench with at least fifteen plus points. Eleventh um, <clears throat> time that he's been the lead scorer for Texas uh, this season, and you're talking about. A guy who ended up with not only the 23 points to seven May three points, which is a Texas tournament record for May threes. He also had two steals. Yep. Three assists, so six long, rebounds. Man. man, he was just active. He was all yep. over the place. And, yeah, I mean, it, to have that type of performance uh, first game of the tournament just shows you all season long solidified. He's been the most consistent piece and the most consistent player. Kind of goes back to 
original. I remember before the season started when I asked a member of the coaching staff, like, yep, who's yep. the guy? And he said, Serge Barry Rice is the guy. I was like, he's the guy? He's like, he's the guy. Yep. And yep. that was it. That was all, that's all he said. And I, was, and and I came on the radio. <laughs> I came on the radio the next day and I said, guys, I talked to a member of the staff and he said, Serge Barry Rice is the guy. Even though he was coming off the bench, yeah. he said, he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. He, he is him, as the young yeah. people would say. Hey, my he son has been saying him <laughs> the entire season. He is him. Yeah. He is him. Yeah, I mean, I think that you can also look at him, and he is definitely a guy that coming to Texas, this was his resume or his uh, application to play basketball further in, the, further in his life and yeah. wanted to make sure that he could put together a resume for that. And he knows, hey, man, we're on, we're on TV. Everybody's watching us. We're the two seed in this tournament. Let me go show everybody who doesn't know who I am. And, hey, man, take me off the bench. It doesn't matter because I can steal the show wherever you put me. And I'm playing starter minutes. Best, yeah. best six man in the I'm country. Stay, I'm playing starter minutes. That's the other thing. You sit there and, you you know, that's why I was asking you guys yesterday, what do you think would be the best fit? Would it be him still coming off the bench or would it be more important to have him start? It don't matter because he's playing starter minutes. It doesn't yeah. matter because he goes out there and he brings it every single game. It's been so fun to watch this young man grow, watch the way he plays, and watch the way he just kind of takes over basketball games. And it's so smooth how he does it. He made one shot that was a layup that wasn't a three-pointer, and he had pump faked on the outside <laughs> and had the lane where he could get there because they were like, well, I, I, I may not fall for the pump fake, but – I have to defend it because he's been knocking down threes the entire time. (laughs) So I got to go guard this. And, and I mean, and look, he's going to get his chance to get even more starter minutes because they're about to play a team in Penn State that likes to play four guards Yep, and likes to play small. And and Texas, you know, you're kind of playing in a Texas hand with this. I was just about to say. Hey, man, we like to go small. Really? Please. Like, please Please do. do. Please Please just don't go big on us. (laughs) Don't do that. But, yeah, if you want to go small against Texas – and allow you know all all Texas guards to be out on the court at the same time. That it, it becomes harder for you because they can defend. Yep, they can defend, and that's the beautiful yeah. thing about it too. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about tomorrow, um, Rod. I'm sure we're about to get into that as well. So I'll let you take it away, brother. Um, <laughs> no, I, it's uh, I, the Penn State match uh, matchup for Texas. Um, it it does kind of remind you of you know. Colgate a little bit too. They like to shoot the three point shot. They do like to shoot. Um, the that's three one. Points. That's their bread and butter, pretty much. Texas defends the three point line really, really well. Uh, so I think that's also something that's advantageous to Texas, along with the fact that yes, they like to go small and go with a lot of uh, go with guards, veteran guards, by the way. Yep. So about vet, I mean, they got what uh, four four of their five starters are seniors. Uh, mm-hmm. A few of those are fifth year seniors. Oh, that's an ugly fall. Yeah. Sorry, looking at the tournament there. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but for for those five guys are you know seniors, and I believe you got fifth year seniors there too. Uh, so that is you know something that Texas will have to deal with. That maybe Texas veteran experience, which I think they're one of the most experienced teams in the country, especially with tournament experience. Yeah. Uh, does it? You know, it's it's something that I think it holds a lot of value. Uh, the deeper and deeper they go into the tournament, that this is also an experienced team, not really necessarily tournament experience, but an experienced team nonetheless. Uh, so I do think it's going to be a, a a good matchup for Texas. I think it's favorable for Texas. Yeah, 
But if they get hot from three-point range and you're not hot, I mean, that's three, the three-point shot we said yesterday. The biggest variable, the biggest factor in upsets or blowouts in the tournament is the three-point shot, pretty much. Yeah. The disparity and how lopsided it is. And Texas just showed, showed you in that Colgate game, they, they were the ones who were able to get hot from three-point range, shooting close to 57%. And then Colgate had their worst three-point shooting performance of the season. And they were the best three-point shooting team in the country. That flipped of the script ended up being the the total headline of the game. That well, was the narrative. Yeah, and, and Penn State shot 59% from three in that game yeah. last yeah. night. Uh, Andrew Funk <laughs> goes eight for ten from three. Uh, that is going to be the assignment, how Texas likes to try and remove a guy from the game, and Texas is going to try and ball deny somebody. I have a feeling Andrew Funk may be that guy, at least to start with the game, to say, hey, man, let, let's not let him even get started in the first half. Let's just try and ball deny him and get Tyrese Hunter on him and just stick on this guy and let the rest of the team do what they can, and we'll try and figure it out from there. But he may be the guy. Oh, if Jamie he's, Andrew Funk, who no. went 8 for 10 yeah, yeah. in the game last night. For for Penn State. Yeah. For Penn State. Penn State yeah. No, yeah, I'm just saying, like, what about uh, Jalen Pickett? I think you're going to have to go after him, too. I'm just saying, <laughs> Andrew Funk, if, if you're going, hey, this guy can hit threes on us at that <laughs> level, you may have to remove him from a point and then play defense <laughs> on Jalen Pickett. But in that sense of if we can't, if we focus too much on Jalen Pickett and Andrew Funk hits another eight threes on us, you, you it's hard to win two games when they're shooting fifty nine percent from the three. Well, and they shot eighty one percent from the free throw line as well. They only shot eleven free throws, and that's something too that Texas didn't have to do because they were mm. they were feeling so good behind the arc that they didn't have to attack the rim near as much as they normally would if they were struggling from three. That's the one thing for both of these teams. If they keep falling in love with the three-point shot and they're not falling, what are they going to do to adjust to make sure that they continue to attack the rim and, and get open looks? I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this game strictly in the fact that both of these teams are coming in after a great performance and absolutely uh, they put on a show yesterday which team can duplicate that again, knowing that after this game, we head up to the six, Sweet 16. So that is how I'm going to see which team can make an adjustment coming back after playing one of your best games of the season. Because you know as well as I do, Ron, it's hard to play that perfect night in and night out, especially when the intensity is picking up as well. you got to have that heart rate. Um, at the right levels, you got to have your your focus at the right levels. You can't rest on your laurels and be like, "Oh yeah, we did that yesterday." Well, it, your opponent did it too, so you got to be ready to go. Nobody's they're bo- both teams are not stumbling into this game after whoo we just skated by that. No, no. we balled. Yeah, no, uh, and I mean they have some some ballers. Uh, yeah, like I said, Jalen Pickett he leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. He's the catalyst. It all goes down through him. But you're right, Andrew Funk, he got all funky. Uh, last yeah, night, on, got funkified on the, the Aggies. <laughs> the and, brat. Yeah, I dropped 8 of 10 on them. And, yeah, everybody thought we were going to get a Texas, Texas A&M, old school rivalry matchup in the second round. That is not to be. Penn State yep. decided, uh, no, we, we, we're getting tired of all that talk because everybody yeah. kind of forgot about Penn State in that matchup considering I everybody kept, a lot of the talk was, Texas A&M was actually, you know, they were underseeded. Yeah, that's what, that's what, uh, what's their AD Bjork? He was, uh, oh my God, we need to see who's in charge of all this stuff. We need to see what, what people put this thing together. I need to do an investigation on the committee. Uh, you got plenty of time to do your research, homie. 
because oh, you are not involved in this game anymore. Yeah, it happened for Texas, though, on the other side, right? Was it 2016? Oh, yeah. Texas lost to Northern Iowa, and it was supposed to be the next round was yeah. the Texas Texas and their matchup, and then we didn't hold up our end of the bargain. That was, it, a, happens. That, it was a heave. Uh, from half court on that shot. That's yeah. why they end up losing. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get get some updates on the tournament. We'll talk about our brackets, how busted they are, uh, uh, because at this point everybody's bracket is a little busted. We'll get into some of the updates about the games that are currently going on and the ones that have already uh, been settled uh, with the tournament. We'll get you that update. Also, coming up next, speaking of hoops, we got to start talking some NBA. There's a new favorite for the MVP. The MVP has pretty much been a – it's been – a conversation mm-hmm. that has been one-sided, I should say, all season long. So it really hasn't been a hot topic. Nobody, everybody's pretty much assumed that, that you know that Jokic's going to win his third in a row. And I think it's third consecutive. Yeah, third. he was going for the three. Piece. three Look, we've three just stri- we understood stri- it's going to someone who's not an American. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know that. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, you're right. Be, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The Greek freak or Luca. Yeah, or someone from Cameroon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there now, at least based on Vegas odds, there's a new favorite for the MVP. So now we actually can start talk, having a conversation about NBA MVP. We'll do that on the other side. Also, MJ, the goat. Uh, who right now has been the you know owner of the uh, Charlotte Hornets? He's thinking about uh, Charlotte Hornets, uh, Bobcats. Bob, yeah. yeah, sorry, no, the oh, Hornets. It's the Hornets. The Hornets. It's the Hornets. They were they started as the Bobcats. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, the they got the name back. Man, yeah. my bad. See now I'm old school. See, I'm going back school. to the Bobcats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, snap, 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 snap. <laughs> uh, but he is thinking about selling the team. That is the world in the streets that MJ wants to sell the team. I don't even know why he would want to sell the team and what MJ would get into other than that, but that is the report, so we'll talk about that as well. Uh, also, oh, I got a weird, crazy stat about the Golden State Warriors. that it was I, I couldn't believe it when I read the stat. I had to go check it and oh, went down I'm the rabbit hole checking it. We'll get into that on the other side. Talk a little NBA and give you updates on the NCAA tournament. We're talking hoops all day long right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine the horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We uh, play jams and selections from very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Cowboy Diplomacy, and they are playing today at Eisenhower's. Oh, I like that. Cowboy Diplomacy. You actually you saw them when you came down to uh, oh, I went downtown? the Christmas Jam. Oh, is this the guy that had the really cool, yes. with the band had the cool jacket? Yes. Oh, dude, he's legit. And that dude's voice is amazing. Yeah. The the lead singer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His voice. Cool it stuff. Yeah. It doesn't really match him, but when it, you hear him belt it out, you're like, good Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. I like, actually, I really did enjoy that. Uh, all right. 
You can uh, hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. That's why I enjoy 512 Friday. My man Patrick always broadening our horizons a little bit. Uh, I want to get into some NBA here, gentlemen, because we haven't talked a ton of NBA, but it's about that time. We're talking a lot of tournament right now. Uh, matter of fact, let me give you a tournament update before we get into this uh, NBA discussion. Got a couple of uh, tournament news, notes, and nuggets to hit. Uh, okay, so right now, just giving you the update on the current games. Marquette uh, is a two seed. They are beating up on Vermont a 15 seed, 69 to 50. Nice. Uh, Iowa State right now, uh, six seed, is losing to uh, Pitt. 11 seed, 28-23. Uh, there's about 41 or like 37 seconds left in yeah. the first half. Uh, that Vermont game, Vermont losing 50 uh, to 69 to Marquette. Shaka. Uh, Shaka doing his thing. Um, that is about uh, seven minutes left in the second half of that one. Uh, right now, Creighton, a six seed, is up 24-22 uh, uh, on the 11 seed, NC State. Uh, and there's about 3.30 left in the first half of that one. And then the games that have already uh, been settled so far today, you do have Baylor uh, beating UC Santa Barbara. That's a three seed, beating a 14 seed, 74-56. You have Xavier uh, beating Kennes- uh, Kennesaw State, a three seed, beating a 14 seed, 72-67. to uh, And you have St. Mary's, a five seed, beating a 12 seed, VCU, uh, 63-51. And Michigan State, seven seed, beating as 10 seed, USC, 72-62. to uh, there you go. So those are the games that have already been decided. All right, let's get into a little NBA talk here, gentlemen. We haven't talked a ton of NBA because we usually dive deeper into it. We've gotten to a little bit, but um, one of the topics that has uh, been a hot topic, I should say, in the NBA circles has been the MVP as of late because the Vegas Wise guys, uh, they have decided that the uh, Nikola Jokic, who has been the uh, front runner for the MVP and had the best odds to win his third consecutive MVP, third straight MVP um, that is now shifted um, so now uh, for the first time exactly like one month ago sportsbooks viewed Jokic as the win- as the front runner to win his third straight MVP now uh, it looks like Joel Embiid is now the front runner to win the MVP this season based on uh, my good friends at my bookie shout out to them um, and also you start looking at it uh, he's at plus 110 I think Jokic now is at plus 150 and Giannis uh, the Greek freak is at plus 340 uh, and right now I was uh, just looking at a, a really cool deep breakdown I want to say it's um it's Tom Haberstroh I believe is his name so I'll give him credit he was looking into a study about all like the recent the basically all the MVPs um, and he looked at MVPs and their supporting cast and he wanted to find out how often MVPs played with an all-star an all-NBA or an all-defensive player so just really a really uh, credentialed supporting cast all right and he found that Nikola Jokic was the only MVP that he could find that did not have did not have any members of his supporting cast, any of his teammates that were all-stars, all-NBA, or all-defense. That's interesting to me. And the problem, the only reason why I say it's interesting to me is because Jamal Murray is that guy. That's wild. But he's been hurt a lot. And that is why I don't think he's been considered. But he's he's a hooper that is an all-star in my mind. He's an all-pro, but he's not getting that kind of voting because the dude never stays healthy. So to your point, that makes a lot of sense because if you look at anybody else that's on his on his team, 
said, they're not ready. He for said that. two MVPs. Yeah. He said two MVPs, and he's never had a teammate who's all star, all NBA, and all defense. Which is why nobody ever picks Denver, right? To yeah. to make a run. That's like, no, right. I'm not picking Denver. It's just a Jokic show. Yep. That's it. Yeah, and that's I agree with our Jamal Murray's a really good player, and him being able to stay on the court has been the problem. They have some other good players. Michael Porter Jr. is Michael also there. Porter, he's another guy hurt. who is always <laughs> yeah. hurt. Uh, he was so they hurt have in college. They have good, but yeah, he slipped in the draft because of back issues. Yeah, so I like they have good players on that team, but it was built in a way of we can afford these guys because of injury history or whatever else, and <laughs> so that's how they've been able to keep it. And now they just put more and more guys that fit with Jokic around him. It is weird that they haven't been able to get that next star out of it, and I think they keep wanting Jamal Murray to be that guy, and it just uh, hasn't happened yet. Yep. It's a travesty, man. Uh, but, I mean, if you look in Philly, if you look at whole court presence and everything else, it's – it's. I mean, like, James Harden's a good player, and he plays games where he's really good, and then you'll watch other games where James Harden really isn't doing much. He's not much, even a factor. And he's not a factor, and yeah. Obed is having to take over the entire game by himself. Well, I'm 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 gonna go on the record. I thought Embiid should have got it last year. I thought he was one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best player in the NBA, and that's why a lot of people were frustrated with it. But Joel, what Joel Embiid has done over the last three seasons is definitely MVP worthy. Now, is his team not winning championships? Absolutely, but yeah, the Joker's team is not winning championships. Rod just told you they don't even have an All Star on that squad. So it just it just drives me nuts when everybody keeps wanting to say it's because of this reason or that reason. But the simple fact is if you're really watching the game, because remember when Russell Westbrook got the MVP, everybody was talking about his triple doubles. And yeah. then all of a sudden the next year they were like, well, he always gets triple doubles. It's the same <laughs> thing with the Joker. We know what you're going to get from the Joker the entire time. And Embiid has been exceeding him. If you go back and you look at the stats – and you look at the numbers that he has been putting up, he's leading, he's outscoring him by a lot. Yeah, I mean, and the MVP voting race in the NBA is always somewhat, like, there will be seasons where, you know, three guys deserve it. Right. And then you get to a season like this where you're like, yeah, the three guys deserve it, but uh, you know what, maybe we give it to the guy who we've kind of snubbed a couple times, and we know he is the MVP in Philadelphia. He's the most, he was uh, the, the governor, or the, Mayor yeah. proclaimed him most valuable Philadelphian uh, after last season when he did <laughs> yeah. not win MVP, which was like, yeah, I don't think he's showing up to that ceremony, guys. I think he <laughs> right. might be a little more mad about the yeah. MVP stuff. That's, that's not that's not a prize that he wants to win. That's well, well, the but other to, thing too. Let me throw this out there real quick though. Since the NBA All Star break, uh, he is averaging thirty five points per game, ten point two rebounds, and four point two assists, two point five blocks, and a, and uh, a steal um, while shooting. 56% basically from the field and 36% from three-point range. So basically since the All-Star break, he has been a monster. And they had a head-to-head matchup uh, in late January. Uh, Embiid finished with 47 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks, and four threes. Uh, they did win the game, by the way, the 76ers, if that matters to you. Uh, Jokic had just 24 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, two blocks, two threes, and seven turnovers uh, in that head-to-head matchup. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a trying monster. to make a statement. Well, and and then I'll go even further because you can look at what uh, Giannis is doing. He's another one. He's carrying his team as well. So it's it's interesting when we come down to it. But we we've talked about this before. There were years where you could have gave it to Michael Jordan every single year. There were years when you could have gave it to LeBron every single year, and they didn't want to do it. 
Yeah. They just refuse to do it, which is crazy to me when you when the award is called the most valuable player. To me, it's if they take you off the team, what would they be? And I'm a strong believer in that. And and if you're going to vote, I think that is how you need to look at your vote. It's like, well, it doesn't have to be. It's like the Heisman. It's like if this dude is the best player in college football, why does he have to be a quarterback to give it to him? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm like, what? What are we doing? I think they basically, yeah, no, I agree because all you can make the case for all those guys carrying their teams at one right. time or another. Uh, because if you look at games played between teams that are currently over 500, so the best teams in the NBA, uh, Milwaukee, best record, uh, yeah, they're 22 and 10. Uh, Denver's right behind them at 18 and nine. Dennis Philly. Yeah. Like 18 and 10. So is it, I think they won. Those think, are your three, yeah, your three teams with the yeah, three best, best players, players right yeah. now. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I, re- I think at one point, I remember <laughs> Milwaukee won like 16 straight games and it was all convincing. They were just like whooping people. I, I, I think I remember this. I'm too. like, goodness gracious. And yeah. you go back and look at Giannis's right now, numbers. That's Philly. Yeah, and Philly, that's what Philly's won, doing right like, now. Six or seven straight, something yeah. like that. Okay. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of what Joel Embiid brings to the court every single time. I'm a big fan of his personality and the way he carries himself as well. So I, I would be disappointed if Joel Embiid didn't finally get his MVP. This year, I think voter fatigue will give it to Embiid if he's yeah. playing like this. Yeah, there's nobody will give Jokic his third in a row if it's uh, yeah. if it's highly contested. <laughs> they just won't do it. I don't can't, think, can't do it. Yeah, I don't think they'll do it. But we'll see. I mean, because uh, Jokic obviously his numbers they obviously impressive. Yeah, they they back up his claim for a third straight. Uh, since we're talking NBA, just re- I told you about that strange, weird Golden State Warriors stat. So the Warriors <laughs> are right now. 29 and 7 at home. Mm-hmm. And they are 7 and 27 on the road. Awful. That is unbelievable. Awful. That's one of the biggest disparities uh in NBA history in terms of road to home uh win-loss record. 29 and 7 at home, 7 and 27 on the road. Ho- that's crazy. Right now, Which Draymond, makes no sense. Draymond Green has more technical fouls on the road <laughs> than the Golden State Warriors have wins on the road. Yep. That's a real stat. He's got 10. They only got seven. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what. That is That is crazy. I've never seen anything like that. If it were to be the Golden State Warriors of all teams. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You could see it with some of these other teams that uh, are not as well coached as we like to say. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're sitting there going, are you serious? Like, how how are you not better on the road with all the players that you have? I mean, my guess is they're just old and hurt, and they just once you put them on a plane, <laughs> it takes them like three days to walk right again. It's like my mom. Yeah, it's my mom. <laughs> that's, that's all I, I, got, I got for you. I gotta go. I gotta go drive to see my mom. Like, I can't get mom on a plane. Mom on a plane. Yeah. She, she never. She's on the cover for like three days. Yeah, yeah. come no, on. That's, that's my guess. That's uh, a good point. No, I, I have no idea what it is. That yeah, is that's crazy. That is a weird stat. Yeah, they should be doing better, but you know, sometimes sometimes teams trail off on certain things because they're not mentally. Uh, over the fact that they won a championship last year and they didn't think they would. Could, oh, yeah. that that could be it too. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah I don't know where they are psychologically, but that's just a a strange random stat. Okay, so uh, let's get to this MJ news um, while we got some time in this segment. So it's been during a recent sit down interview. Um, I believe it was Michael Jordan was asked about a number of different things. And I guess one of the things that's come out of that is he's engaged in serious talks to sell the Hornets. 
sell his majority stake up in the, in the in yeah it as to well. sell yeah to sell his majority stake uh the hornets minority owner gabe plotkin and hawks minority owner rich schnall are in line to take over per espn um adrian rosnarowski uh had to report that sources say charlotte hornets owner michael jordan is engaged in serious talks to sell a majority stake in the franchise to a group led by hornets minority owner gabe plotkin and atlanta hawks minority owner uh rick schnall yeah yeah so, uh, End of an era. Well, I, I I think he still might try to keep a, a minority part of it, but I'm also thinking too. You don't forget he just won NASCAR. Like he his his car won a couple of weeks ago, That's I believe. And I think maybe he's trying to figure out. Mm, should I be more into racing right now? Because this basketball thing ain't working for well, yeah, me. Maybe, maybe he's getting tired looking. of losing. Exactly. Every single time. And like, him hey, being a part of it. Yeah. Hey, man, you're the GOAT. You may be the worst owner. <laughs> like, you're you're getting bad. Like, it's just getting worse and worse. Of, I, They're they're now trying to – they're hoping that the Spurs mess up the tank. Yeah. And they get a squeeze in there and then have a hope. Because also, if they get their one overall pick, he'd sell that team in a heartbeat knowing that that price goes up a ton if you get Victor Wimbayama, but uh, I, I think, yeah, he needs to get out of the business of ownership. Yeah. He's, I don't think he's cared enough as an owner, and when he did care, the only way he knows how to do that is by going and trying to beat every yeah. single one of the players and tell them yeah. they suck. Uh, I don't I don't think any like young players talk positively about their their times working with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like, you never hear the story. He's like, you man, he was so great. Yeah. He taught me these things. He's like, no, he just came into practice and went to play one-on-one with everybody. <laughs> and, and then, then cussed me out. Yeah, and then cussed you out and talked so much trash and then left. I'm hey, 55 years hey, old and you know I just what? beat you. That's what billionaires can do. That is what they, they can, can do. buy professional teams <laughs> just for their fan for their fantasy. You know what it exploits. probably was? He probably lost a one on one game and was like, sell the team. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? If Jerry Jones was younger when he bought the Cowboys, he'd been out there too. Yeah. He'd be out there, you know what, guys? Uh, hey, they just call him you coach. I'm gonna run y'all through some drills. They do call him coach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good point. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you're a young billionaire, oh man, two things I try to do. I try to be Batman. I I'd probably fail miserably, and I definitely would buy a team so I could just <laughs> basically make it my fantasy team, my fantasy sports yeah. team. Did you just say you try to be Batman? I would try. <laughs> I would try. I would try. I don't know why no billionaires try to. You know why? Bruce, you know Bruce why? Lane's because you know why? Because no one wants to be like Bill Gates found dead, dressed up as a bat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be. You can't. You can't steal Batman. No, I, uh, no, I'm saying persona. But you, you can have be, your own persona. But you know when, when you try and stop vigilante the, crime fighter of some kind, <laughs> not stealing Batman stuff, but you're a billionaire. You can. Ford, I'll buy all the technological stuff. You know they got like a you know you they got create you know they stuff. got invisibility yeah. cloak that they created at the University of Texas for the military. You can buy stuff like that. Right? <laughs> you can have stuff like that's what Bruce Wayne does. He has all the best technological advancements in war, so he just basically uses those in urban warfare against crimes, against crime uh, and you know criminals what? and stuff. Maybe Le- crime fighting efforts. You know what? Maybe yeah. LeBron. I think he might be LeBron the only guy. He might be the only Just billionaire saying. who's in shape enough to do it. That is true. LeBron could do it, but he's uh, well, see his guys. You make money making LeBron computer parts. That's You're a, probably not. He wouldn't win. You know, he's done winning titles. He might as well do some good with his athleticism, <laughs> right? The title. He's title. done. He's just uh, trying to hang around hey man, for his career. Hey man, what happened? Batman. Batman's foot hurts. <laughs> <laughs> crime. Yeah. Crime. I'll, I'll yeah. stop crime in two weeks. He can't do it. Load <laughs> management is why LeBron James billionaire cannot be Batman. He's load management apparently. Uh, uh, the Joker, we need you. Ah, uh, <laughs> I can take the night off. <laughs>
<laughs> I got to play the Golden State Warriors in two weeks. It's I got to okay. get it right. If it's at home, you can beat them because they don't do well on the road. <laughs> full circle. Full circle. All right, we'll come back. We got the flex on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on Ball um, 104.9 The Horn. That's when we play jams from local bands and artists who you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Favor, and they are playing today at Sonny's Backyard. All right, there you go. If you miss any of these selections for 512 Friday, go to hornfm.com, and you can catch up with them there, and you can sound really cool in front of all your friends and family. Uh, also, go to flxatx.com, or go to flxatx on all your social media platforms. Uh, some great content up there for you, especially if you're a fan of high school hoops here in the Central Texas area. You can go check that out. Also, a uh, lot more information uh, from uh, my man Anthony Williams actually, uh, and the FBU Austin uh, Westwood. Uh, they're going to have uh, also FBU Austin um, information about a uh, like football uh, camps that they've done and showcases they've done. Uh, you can go check that out at flxatx.com as well. Also, uh, you can go uh, there and check out uh, potentially podcast that the guys are going to have for you instead of the show. Usually we have a flex show on Wednesdays, every Wednesdays. They didn't have that because we have broadcast responsibilities for Texas baseball. Of course, you got tournament going on, Texas basketball. So uh, you can go check out uh, flxatx.com. Um, they still got you covered there uh, with the podcast. Got you covered uh, at flxatx and all your social media platforms as well. Um, so go check that out. All right, uh, we come back. We got NFL news notes and nuggets to get to. The Cowboys did Resigned Cooper Rush. Uh, the uh, backup quarterback market was heating up, so the Cowboys did make a move. We'll talk about that. Uh, there was a move I wanted the Cowboys to make that they did not, and now this player mm-hmm. has moved mm-hmm. on, and I believe uh, to a team that is going to be uh, very happy and benefit from a very uh, team-friendly contract. I said should say that at a team, at a position that the Cowboys needed. We'll get into that as well, and also Zeke. There is interest in Zeke. Uh, a couple of teams uh-huh. have come up and. Discussions about Zeke and where he'll end up. We'll talk about that as well. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Now the Horn.